Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone, to Off the Cap. I am your host, Eduardo Campo. And first off, before we get into anything, I just want to apologize. You know, last time I met an episode was on July 25th or 27th. And now it's September 25th, nearly two months since the last episode. And I know that I was envisioning uploading weekly, but I just have to be straight up with everyone. I procrastinated the fuck out of this show, and that's on me. But, you know, with school starting, with the job that I have right now, just with other extracurriculars, I feel like I have no excuse not to devote myself to this podcast and to everyone out there that listens to this. So, hopefully, I got those two months of not doing shit out of my system and now we can devote ourselves to this podcast because i think that this is something that's really special so what are we going to talk about today great question no movies today on this episode even though we can talk about tenet even though we can talk about a myriad of shows that are coming out check out the boys if you haven't no we're not going to be talking about the nba either because We're already nearing the end. It's probably going to be Heat versus Lakers. And in that, I'll take the Lakers. We're not going to be talking about politics either because there's just so much happening there. We're just not going to touch it. We're not going to touch it. What we are going to talk about is the NFL. More specifically, my favorite team, the LA Chargers. Sadly, I have to put LA Chargers because as a San Diego native... I feel betrayed by the fucking owner, Dean Spanos, who just wanted to upend the team and leave because they didn't like, he didn't like that us normal taxpayers did not want to pay for a fucking billion dollar stadium that he could have paid for. So, um, fuck Dean Spanos, but besides that, yes, the Chargers are my favorite team and we're going to be talking about kind of the bittersweet start to the Justin Herbert era era here for the Chargers. We're going to be talking about last week's game, how Tyrod Taylor, how everything with that unfolded, the reaction from Anthony Lynn, that seemed kind of off, Desmond King, one of our great corners who was frustrated, put some stuff out on social media. We're going to talk about that. And the upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers and if Justin Herbert will be able to continue his success. Enjoy the episode. Now it's time to take off the cap and enjoy the episode. We're now heading to week three for the Chargers. And after week one against the Cincinnati Bengals, I was a bit skeptical and I was a bit worried. With Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback, you knew what we were going to get. We were going to get a game manager who was not going to turn over the ball, but wasn't going to commit a lot of big plays either. It was probably going to be that we're going to end up with some ugly wins, some 20 to 13, 21 to 15 type matches because we're going to be carried by our defense, which is so great. That was after week one. And heading into week two against the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs and the God Patrick Mahomes, I thought that this was going to be a scary game for us especially with Tyrod Taylor and especially without Derwin James and Drew Tranquil, who we probably lost for the year during the Cincinnati Bengals game. I was worried, but I was also, so at that point I was just hopeful 
and praying that we could stay in the game. If we could lose by like 10 or less points, I thought that was going to be a victory in and of itself. Just because with the offense problems that we're having where we're not scoring a lot of points, that's just where my mind was at. And that's probably where it was going to go with Tyrod Taylor. But I was wrong. Because I did not know, and no one knew, not even the announcers, not even the head coach, Anthony Lynn, knew what was going to transpire. So Tyrod Taylor, he he supposedly had some cracked ribs during week one. So he was going to need a Novocaine shot right in the rib area, right before the game. And he needed to take it right before the game because that's how the the injection only lasts four hours. And so you just want it to last during the game. And he was going to feel like shit after the game because it was going to wear off and all that. But he just needed something to subdue the pain and be able to play. So the team doctor, I'm not sure which one, but one of the team doctors injected him with the Novocaine. And the worst thing that could have happened, happened. So Tyrod Taylor immediately felt like he couldn't breathe anymore, which caused him to be sent to the hospital. And as a result, now with the doctor fuck up, he didn't play against the Chiefs, which allowed for our rookie quarterback, chosen number six overall, the 22-year-old quarterback from Oregon, the University of Oregon, Justin Herbert to start. I wanted Justin Herbert to start as soon as he could, but I also didn't because I wanted him to take in the mold after Patrick Mahomes, where he's just able to sit down, take a break, learn from a veteran that's been in the league for years and years, a Super Bowl champion as a backup, Tyrod Taylor. I felt like that's what our season was going to be like. We're just going to wait until next year, and we're going to be Super Bowl contenders next year. And that did not happen. We immediately went into the Justin Herbert era during week two of this NFL season. So we did get to see him start after all. And the surprise of the week was just how well Justin Herbert actually played. He threw for 311 yards, one touchdown passing, one rushing touchdown, which was his very first touchdown on the very first drive for the Chargers. And... The thing that immediately stuck out to me about Justin Herbert was just how much of an arm this dude has and just how much of a playmaker he really is. You know, I love Philip Rivers. Um, That man just means so much to me growing up just in terms of seeing the Chargers play over like the last 10 years. You know, I love his wonky throwing motion. Kind of throw like that too, but not nearly as good. Maybe a little bit. No, no, not as good. But the thing about Philip Rivers, especially over the last couple of years, is that he is a stat monster. He will throw for over 4,000 yards, over like 4,500 yards the last couple of years he has. He'll throw touchdowns, but the turnovers during the late game situations is what really killed the Chargers over the last couple of seasons. You would have one or two seasons every couple of years where we make the playoffs, but then we get immediately trounced in the divisional round by someone like the Patriots. Or something like that. So that was the biggest problem with Philip Rivers. Is just the fact that you couldn't really trust him at the end of the game. To bring it on home and just be clutch. Especially when he had really good defenses in the past. He had weapons like Keenan Allen. He had weapons like Melvin Gordon. LaDainian Tomlinson and the like. He's had plenty of weapons. It's just mostly I think due to the fact that. You know 
we've kind of really failed at developing our offensive line over the last couple of years, and Philip Rivers just cannot run to save his life. The man cannot run. If he if he is able to get like three yards, he'll just not. He'll just take the sack because he just the man runs like a seventy year old man. So, with Justin Herbert on the other hand, the dude has the rocket of arm as Philip Rivers, probably even more. He's a playmaker in which he's able to evade, and he can actually run and get some yards for us if it's a if he's under pressure and needs to get that first down. So that's the biggest thing that I took from Justin Herbert. A lot of people that were skeptical of him did not believe that he can kind of play up to the NFL level just because he kind of didn't live to the expectations that were set for him at Oregon. Um, I think it was the draft where Sam Darnold was taken where he was in the running to go first overall. No, no, it was in the Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield draft. He was in the running to go first overall, but he d- decided to just stay, you know, take another year and just learn again and become better, which I can totally understand and admire. But especially last year, it seemed like the Oregon offense just remained a little bit conservative towards Justin Herbert and didn't want to fully unleash him until the last couple games, especially at the Rose Bowl. So now after one week (laughs) and Justin Herbert almost coming away with the victory against the Chiefs in the 24-20 loss, and just after one week in the 23-20 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, I have to reiterate that because just the fact that a rookie quarterback can come in and for like three quarters outplay the MVP of the league, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback we've seen since Tom Brady, since Aaron Rodgers, the man who can make any throw, to be able to outplay him for like three quarters, not be able to come away with it all at the end, especially with that faulty interception that he just threw at double coverage. You never throw at double coverage. That I learned in Madden. Never throw in double coverage. He could have ran for the first down, but he didn't. And that's a rookie mistake. And if we're actually going to start Justin Herbert, which it looks like we are, and I'll get into that in a bit, we're going to have to just accept the fact that Justin Herbert, while he looked amazing in his rookie debut, he's going to make some stupid mistakes that he's just going to have to learn to brush off and learn how to improve and not do that again. But the signs are really there that can really unlock this Chargers offense and just take it from, you know, it looked like we were probably going to be 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven to, oh, we can probably get to like 10-6. and six. Hopefully, if all things are good, 11-5, and five, because I cannot begin to even talk about the Chargers defense, which, the Chargers defense, with, which is legit, which can rush the passer, which can pressure the fuck out of the quarterback, and whose who's secondary is elite with Chris Harris, with Casey Hayward, with Nasir Adderley, with Rayshon Jenkins, and so many other more, like Desmond King and all that. Our defense is legit, especially with our first-round draft pick, Kenneth Murray. So... And that's the biggest worry that I had going into the season is just how much was Tyrod Taylor going to be able to kind of uplift the team in terms of scoring power and all that. And it looks like with Justin Herbert and just, again, the small sample size that we got, but against a real contender like the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't help but be excited. First and goal. Herbert still has it. Herbert's going to take it in. 
for the touchdown. Welcome to the NFL. And I guess it kind of leads me into my next thing, where after the game, like on Monday and Tuesday, as everyone started to buzz about the Chargers and specifically about Justin Herbert and how much he should just be already starting, there's no question. It sucks for Tyrod Taylor that he had this freak accident, which turned out not to be a freak accident, but a doctor fuck-up. How can Tyrod Taylor even come back? No, he just lost his job, and it sucks that it has to be that way, but he just lost it. Well, Anthony Lynn on Tuesday seemed very aggressive towards that notion and just wanted to refute that Justin Herbert was going to be the starter carrying on into the rest of the season. Here's that quote. Don't get me wrong. I thought, I thought what Justin did was I thought he came in and gave us a chance to win. But there was a lot that you don't know. There's a lot, you know, that we, we didn't get done with Justin on the field yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a backup for a reason. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a rookie. And there's a lot that uh, he need to learn about this game. Uh, yeah, so as you can tell, it's just a little bit fucking harsh to Justin Herbert, who fucking almost won the game for us. And it just really seems like, oh, he's not the starter for a reason. He's a backup for a reason. It just seems like really something that you shouldn't say to your rookie quarterback, especially in terms of confidence with the team and with the coach. But like I mentioned earlier with what happened with Tyrod Taylor, you you can imagine that Anthony Lynn already knew about the situation way before like any of the media found out or especially someone like me, just your normal fan found out. He probably, the doctor probably told him like immediately after he fucked up with the shot and just having that guilty conscience in you and that Tyrod Taylor was going to be the starter for the foreseeable future for this year. My maybe Justin Herbert was going to start eventually, but for now, it was Tyrod Taylor's team. He was voted team captain. You can obviously tell through like Hard Knocks that he has the respect of of the team just in general. He's a hard worker. There was especially this clip where on Hard Knocks where he showed up like at six five a.m. He was the first one in the gym, and it just shows like and proves the work ethic that he has. So you can ju- I can just tell the pain and just kind of like the just kind of messed up feeling that Anthony Lynn is carrying inside him just in the fact that Tyrod Taylor probably just lost his job given how amazing Justin Herbert looked. And it sucks. I It's a bittersweet start, which is why I said the bittersweet start to the Justin Herbert era. You didn't want it to play out like this. If anything, you wanted to see kind of Tyrod Taylor struggle a bit and that's how it leads to Justin Herbert starting. You didn't want to see it through a, an injury, no less. And on top of that, you don't want to see it on an injury that wasn't even his fault. It was the doctor's fault. So that's the kind of... that's After realizing that and just kind of picturing that in my head, just how much of a player's coach Anthony Nolan really is, I can't help but feel bad for him at the end of the day. But he should still have watched the way that he said it towards... He said it to to the press about Justin Herbert. But, again, that's just how life is in the NFL. And it looks like the NFL Players Association is going to look into into what the doctor did. And Tyrod Taylor is probably going to sue. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor or the Players Association, but they're probably going to sue the Chargers. And, honestly, I can't blame them because you never want your season to be 
like fucked up in this type of way where it's not even your fault or a freak accident in football, but it's not even in your control. It's out of your control with a team doctor messing it up. But that wasn't the only thing that Anthony Lynn had to figure out this this week because after the Chiefs game, and as a Chargers fan, I felt really motivated and felt really excited about what was happening because, yeah, it took three field goals for us to lose the game because of Harrison Butker's insane accuracy as a field goal kicker and Anthony Lynn's decision to not go on fourth and one on in overtime, knowing that you're going to give the ball back to Anthony, to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. He just had a rough week. And, you know, I really don't understand why he decided to just defer and give the ball to the Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, again, he is the MVP of the league two years ago. He's the Super Bowl MVP just a couple months ago. This man is just on another level. And the fact that our Chargers defense was playing great against him, it, we really were. But that still does not give you a reason to just give the ball to him and just hope our defense. No, if you have the opportunity, just go with it. If anything, if you lose on your own terms, that's more like motivating, I think, for the team that, oh, you know what? We messed up. That's on us. But we played the fuck out of the Kansas City Chiefs, and no one else is going to be able to belittle that. If you give it out to Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of like you're just accepting the loss. And you could especially tell that with Keenan Allen. And just he was sitting on the sideline just like, oh, my God. Like he knew what was going to happen. Patrick Mahomes was going to come back and score a touchdown or they were going to get him in great field position to just score the field goal, which is what happened. And some of that frustration amongst the Chargers players came from Desmond King. He is a Really great secondary player. He he often plays in quarterback, cornerback, and safety position. He made the all-pro team like two years ago. Last season, he had a bit of a fuck-up where he wasn't as good as he was then. But he's still one of our best secondary players in an already stacked secondary. But this season, it looks like he's not playing as much. He's only played like 44 snaps, I believe around there, which is a really small amount of playtime for such a really great player. And I think Desmond King realized this because after the game, he went on to social media, the last place you want to go if you feel frustration. But that's what he did. He went to social media and on Twitter, and and he said, is there a reason I'm not on the field? Kind of skeptical face, you know. Some people want to know. He wants to know. Another tweet, I'll continue to do my job, but I'm going to need answers real soon. And, you know, this is kind of like the last place you want to go to, especially like in front of a, especially with like a head coach with Anthony Lynn, who seems to be really close to his players and really understanding of like, if you feel frustrated or if you're just trying to learn, he seems like a really helpful guy and he'll just give it to you straight, but at least, you know, he's honest with you. But even though I disagree with what Desmond King did and just going about it through social media, you really should keep it inside of the team. I can't really blame him for feeling frustrated because we are down Derwin James, one of the best defensive players in the entire league, our starting free safety. The guy is so versatile. We lose a playmaker like that, and you still have a really great player in Desmond King, there's no excuse not to play him. I don't know what it is because it's the same defensive coordinator we had, we've had we had over the last three years. It's um 
Gus Bradley. So I don't know. Maybe with the addition of Chris Harris and uh, Nasir Adderley, the rookie that we got last year that but was injured and now is playing again, and people like Rayshon Jenkins. I don't know if it's just the fact that we have so many players that just makes it more hard for someone like Desmond King to play. But for someone as talented as him, you got to put him in the field. you got to put him in the field because especially in a situation with the Kansas City Chiefs that have the weapons of Sammy Watkins, they have Tyree Kill, they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they have Travis Kelsey, they have so many other receivers that I can't even like remember their names, but they're good for like a 50-yard bomb down the field. And there was one particular play against the Chiefs, like especially in the fourth quarter, that they gave the Chargers secondary gave up a huge play over the air to one of the receivers. And Desmond King wasn't on the field, I believe. So, and just given how much of a great cover person he is, you really wish he could have been there to kind of make a play and anything like that. So that's kind of the week that Anthony Lynn has had. And I, I root for the guy just because he is such a down-to-earth person. You know, he was a former running back. He understands what players go through, and he just seems like a really chill guy just from seeing hard knocks. But you just really have to... But you really... I have to call him out just if I see that he's not doing the best that I think he could be doing, especially like in a fourth down situation in overtime. Handling the thing about Justin Herbert in the press conference which looking back now makes a little bit more sense, but you just still don't want to treat your rookie quarterback that way. And just play your players if they're available because Desmond King isn't injured at all. If he's there, you got to put him in the field as much as you can. You got to utilize your talent if you really want to win. So that's just my advice to Anthony Lynn. But why the fuck would he listen to me, some 20-year-old college student who <laughs> who hasn't, played football since like sophomore year so just anthony lynn some words of advice but you can kindly tell me to fuck off and i'll perfectly understand this was just a crazy week this is probably the most media coverage that that the chargers have gotten like when the regular season is playing in like years we got some coverage during like the draft just because we had such a high draft pick and we could have taken to a tango vailoa or justin herbert and right now give all things aside, Tua isn't playing, so we can't really know. It looks like Tom Telesco might have made the right decision. Tom Telesco, shout out to you. You it already looks like you're you've drafted an amazing class this year with Justin Herbert, how amazing he looks. Joshua Kelly, our fourth round pick from UCLA. The reason I remember him is because side little sorty. As a USC student right now, you know, I watched my Trojans play and it was my freshman year. Joshua Kelly went off for 289 rushing yards. Again, 289 rushing yards in one game against the Trojans. So I knew this guy was good, but I didn't know that he was already going to be getting like half of the carries and just like pounding the ball. That duo with Austin Eckler and and um, Joshua Kelly just seems so legit. And Justin Jackson he isn't even playing right now. That's just another like added level to it. We have Joshua Kelly. We have Kenneth Murray, our leader on, not our leader, but just our tackling machine on on defense. And we have Joe Reed, a great punt returner. Tom Telesco, <laughs> congratulations to you. Another great draft class. But yeah, now, hopefully, with our great defense and our potentially high-scoring offense, 
we're going to now face the Carolina Panthers this week. And the reason I believe that this game is a perfect follow-up for Justin Herbert to play in is just, let me give you some stats from the Carolina Panthers. Do you know how many sacks they've they've, they've committed? Zero. Do you know how many points a game they're giving up? 32 and a half, one of the worst in the league. Do you know which star player of the Carolina Panthers isn't playing? Christian McCaffrey, the guy who makes the offense for the Panthers. So I believe that this game is a perfect follow-up for Justin Herbert just because he's going to have time to throw the ball. The defense isn't going to have to be worried about the fucking Swiss Army knife that is Christian McCaffrey. So we're going to have time to pressure Teddy Bridgewater. We're going to have time for Justin Herbert Herbert to be able to throw the ball. But you also don't don't get it twisted. I don't want him to be throwing like 50 times a game or anything like that. I want him to, to be put in the best position to succeed. And I believe with our run, running game of Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly, I believe that we're going to keep pounding the rock just because the Carolina D-line isn't able to commit any any pressure so far. They've committed seven, I believe, seven pressures, which is nothing. I think Joey Bosa already has had that in the in one game alone. So, I think the Panthers are a team that are, they're a little they're competitive, and we should not be taking them for granted. But the fact that their offense is just now so in such disarray with all the injuries that are going on in the NFL. If you lose a star player like Christian McCaffrey, it's just going to be so much more tougher for you to win. There's a rookie head coach in Matt Rule from Baylor who, who's just going through, who's barely, there's barely going to be his third game. If Anthony Lynch should be able to out-strategize him and out-scheme him just without any problems. So hopefully... So hopefully Justin Herbert, and we're currently the seventh ranked offense in terms of yards per game. So I believe that this is a great start for Justin Herbert, just with the confidence boost that he gets from the Kansas City Chiefs game, where he's almost able to beat them. And now we're going to play a defense that's lackluster, to say the least, not able, not committing any sacks, giving up a shit ton of points. I believe that Justin Herbert is going to have a great start again this week this weekend and it'll even just raise his confidence up even more but i don't think he's the type to be egotistical or like to get all superficial and start to feel like he's more than more than he really is i believe he's a really quiet guy i can relate to that he's just very he keeps to himself he he just tries to put in the work and i commend him for that but he's gonna need it especially after the games that come up after this game, it's going to be Tom Brady and the Bucks, Tampa Bay, ha, and Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints, to be granted, have struggled a bit this season. They've lost to the Raiders, and they beat Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, let's just say, it, is not looking the same at like age 77 or whatever. Um, but those are going to be two tough games. So I believe if we can get to two and one and then just ride the wave and see what happens with with uh Justin Herbert going into the Bucks and the Panthers, I'm really excited for what this season can be. Again, I can't even begin to reiterate it. It sucks that Tyrod Taylor had to lose his job th- this way. Just 
it's so messed up. I hope the I hope the man feels better. He's going to probably not be able to play for four to six weeks. Doctors advised him just because he did puncture his lung, especially with COVID. It might even cause even more problems. So just stay safe, Tyrod Taylor. I hope you have a speedy recovery. And I'm sorry that this happened to you. But, you know, you have to keep moving along. And Justin Herbert, I'm excited for your future. I really am. And just I want to take a quick look at the schedule. Carolina, I believe that's a win. We're going to be 2-1. and one. I believe we're going to win one of the Tampa Bay New Orleans Saints games. So we'll be 3 and 2. And then after that, we have the New York Jets, a laughing stock. That should be a win. Miami Dolphins, they're they're competitive with Brian Flores. I'll give them that. So that should be another tough game, but I believe we have a chance in that game. We have Jacksonville that lost to the Dolphins on Thursday night. And then we have the Raiders right before a bye week. I think this is a really actually a good stretch of games for Justin Herbert to just be able to hone in himself and just learn on the, on the fly. Again, Chargers fans, just be patient with him. Don't expect that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes 2.0. He's not. He looks great, but we have to accept the fact that he's just starting out. Hopefully our defense carried by Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram Jerry Tillery on on the defensive tackle position is starting to really flourish after a lackluster rookie year. He's really starting to he's starting to get my attention a lot, especially after this week. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this Charger season coming up. I believe that. Oh yeah, I need to give my prediction. <laughs> it's gonna be a close game, I believe. Um, it's gonna be less than five. It's gonna be like a five point game, I believe. I think the Panthers will come out motivated. I think the Panthers will come out motivated just because they are 0 2 and once you're 0 3, basically your season is done. You have no chance at making the playoffs. So they're gonna come out hard, even despite the injury to Christian McCaffrey. But I do believe that the our strong defense is gonna be able to limit Teddy Bridgewater and the weapons that he has. And we're probably gonna it's probably gonna be like twenty twenty five to twenty to twenty around there. I'm like I'm not a big fan of just saying, oh, the scores are gonna be twenty one to twenty two. It's gonna be seventeen to fifteen, thirty to twenty. No, I don't, I don't like to roll with that. But it's probably gonna be in the twenty to twenty five point range around there. Um, but I'm excited. Um, it sucks that I have work during this game, just because I really want to see Justin Herbert continue to thrive. But you know, it is what it is. And if oh yeah, I'm I'm saying it right here. If Justin Herbert like is a stand out like a superstar for a second week in a row you can already bet and i'm already like saving money on the side i'm gonna buy that justin herbert jersey immediately after i get off of work hopefully but he has to prove himself i'm gonna buy that powder blue jersey eventually i'm definitely gonna buy that powder blue jersey just because oh my god the chargers jerseys this year are amazing so Justin herbert i mean if you stand out this week i'll the sooner i'll buy my jersey but Let's go Chargers. Let's beat the Panthers. And yeah, that's that's been our preview. That's been our preview for this upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers. And just a recap of all this crazy shit that happened with with everything with Tyrod Taylor, with Anthony Lynn. But yeah, that's going to be it for Off the Cap with Eduardo Campo. I'm so glad that I'm able to come back and do an episode again. And hopefully just with NFL season, just with the Chargers really starting to 
show some potential. I'm really hoping that this can be a weekly thing where I just do a, a quick preview. I know this week I went a bit longer than I probably should have started to ramble a lot, but we'll see you here next week. I promise if not, you can really just, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to be able to do, but I promise I'll be back next week. I'll make a episode recapping the Panthers game and just kind of the takeaways that I took from it. And that's been off the cap. You can put it back on now. We'll see you all here next week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Eduardo Campo. Have a good one.